Okay, good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining once again. So, last week we began the sugya, which is found in Simon Dalit and Choshemishpat, known as the halachas of Adam Oisadin La'atzmai, a person taking matters into his own hands. And uh, over the past week, I was speaking with two different Dayanim, and I was just asking them, what, you know, when have you seen this uh, play itself out? So they actually told me two different cases which came up recently. One of them is from Eretz Yisrael, and, and the other one's from Lakewood. So the Eretz Yisrael Shiloh will change one of the details, but basically there was a, a woman, a lady, and she is a mikvah attendant, which in Israel is called the Balanim. She's one of the uh, Balanot. She's a mikvah attendant, and, they were, and the mikvah was not paying her uh, on time or at all. So this mikvah takes cash and credit card, and there's a whole wad of cash sitting in the office after, after the shift. And what she did was she actually took, she took uh, the cash that she was owed. Let's say she was owed 500 shekel for uh, that week. She took the cash, and afterwards she asked her of, did I do anything wrong by taking the cash? This is what they owe me. They're not paying me. Is there anything wrong with what I've done? So maybe today we'll answer that question. That's question number one. Question number two, this is more of an American Shaila. There was a, um, we, we've spoken about this regarding Hilcha Shabbos. There's a way that a person could basically run his own rental car company called Turo. Um, there probably is another, another app as well. Basically, let's say you have a car or you have a fleet of cars and you want to rent them out. So depending on your ownership status and your insurance, you could go rent them out. You could rent it out for $100 a day and you could hopefully make a delta between what you're paying and you know the upkeep and what is coming in on the revenue side. Typically, these types of businesses are cute when someone's doing it by themselves. If you scale up, you could actually make money at scale by doing this, leasing hundreds and hundreds of cars and having a few people running around, basically running your own national rent-a-car on a specific type of cars that you researched do well, whether it's Jeeps in uh, snowy places or... Um, or, I don't know, convertibles in Florida, you figure it out, you could actually make a nice living. And, and this is not my idea. This is what people do. Anyways, you had two partners. One partner had all the money and all the, and all the credit. He leased all the cars under his name or under his business name. And the other partner was the sales guy going out and making, making deals and, and trying to get more customers. <laughs> At some point, they got into a, a dispute and... Uh, they're, they're no longer talking to each other. Not only that, the the sales fellow, who no longer work, uh, is no longer on speaking terms with uh, his partner, now took off insurance. He figured it's not his car anyways. Worst comes to worst, if this car gets damaged, he doesn't care. He doesn't need insurance, it's not his car anyways. And this the the fellow who has his name on all these leases is... Uh, is up in arms. He has hundreds of cars out there at outstanding, uninsured. He has no clue where they are, and he's not getting any revenue coming in. So he wanted to know if he can go hire a bunch of people from all different cities, let them go on the app, and they'll rent the cars for a few weeks at a time, give them enough time to uh, collect, and all the cars will be uh, sent back to his house and he'll just repossess all these cars. Let them file a claim on Turo, I'll take him to court, no problem. He has, uh, he has the paperwork that it's his car. So is he allowed to do that? Is that, is that mutter? So I think the second case 
it's much easier to pass in the first case. <laughs> Even though the second one's, uh, you think it's more complicated. This guy's pulling a whole shtick by, by making fake accounts and renting hundreds of cars. As we saw last week, that is a, it's, it's much uh, much easier. So let's just review some of the halachas we learned last week, and we'll get back to these two shilas, and we'll learn a few more uh, topics on this simon. <coughs> so we saw last week the Gemara has a whole sugi and shas regarding if a person can can uh, take matters into their own hands. So there's a machlekes tanoim. If we say that a person could be done adam dina lenafshei. But the Gemara says the Machlekes is only when there's no hefsid, when there's no loss. But if there would be a loss of money involved, everyone agrees a person could do, uh, take matters into his own hands. Now, either way, we paskin that even if there is no loss, a person is allowed to take matters into their own hands. We saw the Gemara, uh, uh, the Gemara qualified this by saying there are certain rules and regulations. Even when a person could take matters into their own hands, if there's derech acheres, if there's another way to do it, which would uh, limit the loss on the other party, a person is obligated to do that, and by not doing it, he would have to pay. The example the Gemara gives is your cow is uh, being uh, squashed by someone else's cow, so halachically you could pull out your cow, and if the cow gets hurt, that that's not your fault, but you cannot knock over the top cow, because that is automatically going to hurt the top cow, whether it's automatic or not, that's not the point. The point is that there's a better way to do it. The better way in Hilchah's cows is to pull out the bottom cow and let the top cow fall. It's less uh, traumatic of a fall, but if you knock off the top one, then he'd be high. So as long as he was able to do it a different way and he didn't, he'd be high. When we spoke about a different case, the Gemara there talks about <coughs> a person blocking the road or blocking your driveway. So if they're in fact blocking your driveway and you have no way of driving around it and you're stuck, and you driving forward and you end up hitting their mirror. So as long as you weren't intentionally trying to break the mirror, as long as you, you ha- th- that was the only reasonable way for you to get out, halakhically that would be fine. But let's say you could have driven a different way. You decided you wanted to smash into the fellow's car, you, you have to pay for those damages. But let's say it was unreasonable. Let's say you have, um, I don't know, a sprinkler system, or you have a gate, and if you have to drive around this car, you're actually going to, you know, uh, damage your own car, so luckily you would be able to drive straight... I hear, maybe that's too much of a dircha. It's not reasonable. We have to figure out reasonability. I don't know. It's not so... Um... So, so if you take an Uber, he has to pay you, right? Now, for you, for you to go collect, how do you know this guy's going to pay you? He's going to now reimburse you. He's the one that blocked your driveway in the first place. They're going to go collect your $18 from him. That will be considered a financial loss. You're not getting this money back. Good luck. So therefore, that would also be a financial loss. Um, another another uh, uh, situation. So just one more halacha. I think we touched upon it last week. There are poskim that say, uh, it's based on Taisvis and based on Rishonim in Baba Kama, I believe, that if this case of cows, everybody knows this in Hilchah's cows, that you pull out the bottom cow, you don't knock off the top cow. But in other situations where a person is Adam, we know the, the halacha is, Chazal tell us, Adam bahol amamainai. A person is bahol, you're nervous about your money, and there are times when you can't think straight, when you're stuck, or when someone's stealing something, or the like, when theoretically there might have been a better way to do it, but a person is not held responsible if this is considered reasonable in this situation. So an example would be like this. Let's say someone blocked your driveway, but if you got four people on cameras on all sides, you can manage, you know, take 20 minutes, you could get out of your driveway uh, without scratching his car. So 
if we would say when a person is in a rush, the way people typically drive, there's no way to get out. Yes, if he goes one mile an hour and he has, you know, with like in the airport, they have, they have the, the fellow with the lights and, and every inch, he could theoretically have done it, but that's not reasonable. So again, a, a place you would have to pass him and figure out what's considered reasonable that you could have avoided the damage, but, but um, if, you, if it's not considered reasonable, then as long as he didn't have any other option, a reasonable option, and the person blocked him in, he'd be allowed to do it. And they, they, they bring a riot from the fact that the Gemara talks about a person had barrels. They dumped, they dumped barrels blocking his driveway or his path. And the Gemara says he's allowed to go through. He's going through. One, one uh, town hold is going through to Besden, but he's allowed to go through, even though he's knocking down the barrels of oil. The Rishonim say, oh, hold on a second. He can stack the barrels, stack it up, and spend a few hours rearranging these barrels, and then he could go through without having to break anything. So it must be that I'm not going to do that. You blocked me. I, it's reasonable for me to go straight. It doesn't mean straight versus turning. It's reasonable for me to go normally. I don't have to start re, you know, pulling out trees and redoing my sprinkler system or, or, or taking down my fence, even though I could theoretically take down my fence and put it back up. I don't have to do that in order to get out. And if I get out normally and I scratch your car, I'm sorry, you should not have blocked me uh, blocked my, my driveway. So that's a, um, now, if a person's doing it just like ha, it's just a, it's not, you're not going to punish him. You're not here as, as you know, someone who's uh, punishing people. It's, I need to get out. You're blocking me. I'm trying to get out normally. If you can't get out anyways by just barreling it or slashing his tires, that'll be awesome. You're not, you're not gaining anything. You're just going to be stuck there for longer. That's not the point. That's not helping you. You could threaten to slash his tires because that's a way to accomplish him moving so I could leave. But to slash his tires, that doesn't help accomplish anything because you're just simply acting as uh, you're punishing him. That doesn't help. It doesn't help a situation, and that would not be mutter. Um, you, you don't have the heter of Einish Bezdin. You could help get your money back, but there's no, you can't, be, you can't enforce rules and unshin. Yes. <coughs> well, there was questions. We'll keep going. So that's the, um, that's as far as the Derech HaCheres uh, discussion. So, so, you're, so you're saying the only way I could get him to stop is by slashing his tires. Okay, this time, I, he does it all the time, let's say. I can't do that. So the Gemara says you're allowed to hit him physically. So the heart would be the same thing. You'd be allowed to damage him or his property if that's the way, if that, that, that's the way to get back what you need. Now, the Gemara's case was that he stole water, right? He's not, you, you have a partnership where you switch days on Monday, you get the water Tuesday. He gets the water, and then on Monday, you see him, he's taking your water. And he's telling him, stop taking the water. And you know by the time you get to Besden, he's going to be stealing lots of water. So you're allowed to uh, fight back. Allowed to fight back. And you could hit him, and you could damage him um, if needed. Amanas, that he stops. Meaning you're hoping that he's going to stop. That's the point, Amanas. But, but with the uh, intention that he's going to stop. You're not punishing him. <laughs> so I have to discuss that. What, what, what if what if you want to hire someone else? Can you hire a hitman? That's a different discussion. Yes, Rabiasi, you're on mute. If you have a question, you're still on mute. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. You're comparing Dundin not the Din by by taking guilt to hitting the guy. Hitting That's the not guy. me. That the Gemara says it. The Gemara says take the I'm shovel and hit him on the head. Yeah, because I'm asking. So we're going to see in a few minutes. The Ramah has a shita. The Ramah brings down that there are those persons yeah. that say the whole din of the whole simandalot of adam oisidin laatzmai. That's only when you're hitting, when you're taking money. That's tfisa. Tfisa is always mutter. 
They're, they're wow. that say that. The whole concept of Adam Oistin Laatzma is when you're going to hit someone. But the other Gemara says, and the Gemara even says, it's better to hit than to steal, because when you steal, people are going to think you're, you're a Ganov, you're going to be over uh, on Visim Nekiyah uh, Me'ashem Me'asrael. So why steal? Hit him. It's better to hit. Okay. So that's the Gemara. We paskin that a person could be done Lenafshe, uh, unless there's no Derech uh, Acheres. <laughs> and from the Gemara, the Rishonim bring a Raya that it has to be something that we know, that he knows is his. And the question is, how much do you have to know? The, the, the strictest shito we mentioned last week is based on Rabbi Nutam, that it has to be Dover Be'en. It has to be a Dover Mesuyim, a specific item. We spoke about someone has his car stolen and he takes that object back, or we even said, let's say you have a shul where there's a siddur that, that was stolen from the shul, borrowed. I was in a shul recently, I think it's a Rabbi Rottenberg shul. It says, you're not allowed to take a siddur or a safe from the shul, even with permission. So some shul says, don't take without permission. There it says, even with permission, you can't take it. So let's say you're by someone's house, and you uh, are part of the shul, and you see someone has a, someone has a siddur. Someone has a kiddush tavana card. He has something from the shul that he took by mistake. Halacha is, everyone agrees, if it's a davar masuyim, and let's say the shul, okay, I'm using a shul as an example because maybe you're an owner of the shul, perhaps. Let's say, forget about the ownership of the shul. Let's say it's not a shul, it's your own thing. You see your siddur in someone else's house, in someone else's car. You lent it to him, something like that, and now you see your siddur, your shovel, your snowblower. If it's a dover, be'en, masuyim, you could take it back, no problem. Some can the Rishonim say it's better not to be to be seen as a ganav, but either way, a dover, masuyim, you'd be allowed to take. Now, just go back to our, our case of the Turo partnership where you had this fellow who was renting... Uh, renting cars so if he knows these are his cars these are all his, his leased cars he could go take them back he could take them back from the same way he could take it back from uh, from North Minneapolis that was last week's case you'd be able to take your car back um, and, and do this whole shtick to be able to to uh, to repossess your items everyone agrees there's probably ain't Derechacheres how else are you going to get this back you go to court but court there's our case and you don't even know if you're going to get it back. Litigation, bankruptcy, who says you're going to get it back? So in this case, uh, the psak in Lakewood was that they, he would be able to go. But, but, but would there be a difference? There's no real ownership. It's just responsibility. Uh, Lease is just a responsibility. <coughs> it's different I, than owning the car. Why? Because you don't have title? Yeah, it's not yours. The ownership is really the bank. You have a responsibility to pay the bank. So would it make a difference the fact that I don't own it? I just am afraid, I, since I'm responsible for it, I'm just afraid that I'm going to wind up holding the bag. So either way, it's, it's a, it's a bad, the point is it's a bad, it's Dover Masuyim. I don't think that would make a difference whether you technically own it or not. Let's say someone was a, uh, you know, was a Shimer or a Shoyel, and someone stole it from him, so it's a Dover Masuyim, he's taking matters into his own hands, that would be much, I don't think it would make a difference. Although I think in, 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 in law, it could be this partial ownership, I don't know exactly how, what the law would, would say, but we paskin schiras might be kanya, and, and either way, from a halacha standpoint, from the, for, in simon dal, it wouldn't make a difference. Uh, a lease or an ownership, either way, he, he'd be allowed to take it back because it's a dover uh, mesuyim. <coughs> On the other hand, the other extreme is the question of mashkain. There we have psukim, the, the pasuk in Devarim says, it says, Leisavoy uh, Elbeisoy Lavoit Avoitoy. One is not allowed to, when we have outstanding money by someone, you lent him money, you cannot go to his house, Elbeisoy, to take the mashkoin. And it's an Isidaraisa. Isidaraisa 
to go and possess a mashkoin whenever there's a loan. So, came out all the Rishonim say, when it comes to mashkoin, and this halacha doesn't apply. There might be an exception. We'll see either this week or next week to that. Even in mashkoin, maybe there's a heter. And the question is, and by the way, if once someone owes you money and you send them an invoice, so at that point, most places can say this comes up in Hilchus Prisbal, you made it into a loan. So it's not always so smart to do that. In Hilchus Shemitah, uh, Shemitah's when you send an invoice, you just made it into a loan, and then Shemitah's Meshamit. So let's say a person owed, let's say you worked for someone. So they technically owe you money, and they never paid you. And the years are going by, and now it's Shemitah. So halacha is, even in Chutz La'aretz, Sawi Paskin, that Shemitah's Meshamit, an outstanding debt. However, if you never sent him an invoice, that by the way, you know, you still owe me this money, if you never sent him that invoice, you know he owes you, there's an original agreement, but you never made it into a loan, that you owe me this, and it's already outstanding for 300 days, th- that already becomes a loan when they send you an invoice. Uh, this comes up in just in Prisbo for a moment, uh, tuition or mortgages. Let's say, most Paiskin would say when it comes to a mortgage, let's say you had a Jewish bank with a Hetta Iska, Hetta might help the whole thing anyways, but let's say you had a situation where you had Yidin, interest-free uh, mortgage, so you're only chayev, as, the only thing that's a loan from a principal standpoint is those that, that statement. When they sent you a statement for uh, January, for the mortgage on January, and let's say, well not January because that's Shemitah, but let's say they sent you the statement in August or September, and then Rosh Hashanah hits, so that last piece that, that's an outstanding loan where Shemitah will be Mishamit unless they have a Prusbal. So when you send an invoice in Halacha, typically we pass and that's already creating a loan. And therefore, in our situation, let's say a person works for someone and you, you realize this fellow is not paying you. You're a vendor, you're this, he went bankrupt, whatever it is, he's not paying you. And you have the ability to now go be typhus. Let's say yeah, this mikvah attendant or something else to be typhus before you send the invoice. Because once you send the invoice, it becomes a loan. Once there's a loan, to go take something, you're gonna go take his watch, his uh, his his laptop, something as a mosh coin. We'll talk about taking yeah, payment. Cash is a mosh, cash is a so I want to leave that for next week. Pashtas, if you look in the circuit, it seems like you'd be able to take cash. He owes you cash, you can take cash. Let's see he doesn't have cash. He has equipment, he has, <laughs> he has uh, electronics, things that are worth money that you would take, halacha is, he doesn't have to pay you in that. He's allowed to pay you in cash. So you can't necessarily keep it. You can take it as a mashkun officially. The problem is, it's an isra of loisava yel beisoy, lavoy navoy So it's better to take, if you're going to do tvisa, do tvisa before you send the invoice. Once you send the invoice, even though it's, 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 it was a mekach memchar, it didn't originate as a halva, but once you send an invoice, it becomes a halva, and you're taking a mashkin on the halva, then it fits into the technical... Does anyone say loisavah? Like, 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 anyways? Oh, one, no, so loisavah means to go into the house. Let's say I already had it. We spoke about this last week with the ksois. If I already had it in but my possession... The Pazik says you can't go. You went in to take it. I don't even if you, in, you didn't go in to take it. I'm not going to dash him sukkim, my guy. I hear. I don't, I don't know how to dash him sukkim. But the Pazik says I saw the other day. We pass him. He can't go take 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 a mashkin from his possession. That's what I mean. Is that that once you write it down becomes alva? Once you sent an invoice. Right. I mean, what's what's that? It's a it's a chayit. It's nesek. It's called. Um, I forgot the the, the lashon of Chazal. It's something, something halva. I forgot the lashon. It's um, I forgot. It slips me. There's a lashon Chazal use. It comes to let's say tuition. 
<coughs> let's say you owe the school $15,000. You signed the contract September 1st. We pay tuition fifteen dollars Ramaz, $40,000, right? So, uh, 45 Okay, good. Close. <laughs> so, so you sign the thing, and now Shemitah comes, right? That receipt makes it halva? No, that's, that's just chazana. Once it becomes a halva, now it kicks back the, the, the Israel. No, I'm asking, what's the that, that money you owe me for Nezek is halva? It's not halva until I sent you a outstanding bill. Right. I have to send no, that. I have to no. send an invoice. That becomes a halva. Right. Halva. That's what's right. Even though the car is not, it's not halva. It's no, I think you have to go backwards. Once I sent an invoice, it becomes a halva. Now that it's a halva, we have a structure and technical halachas, which are chukim. This is, you know, it's not necessarily a, a mishpat, but it's a chayk. That I'm not allowed to go into this house. Even Bezin's not allowed to go into this house to get a mashkin. They could right. go get payment, and that's that many ring a riot. My father was asking, can I go take payment? The same way Bezin could take payment. It seems from the Namuki Yosef that we briefly touched upon last week. If I'm getting payment, that's much halachas. When it comes to Bezin, Let's say a person has a halva, an outstanding halva. So Bezdin, they forced him to pay, right? And they hit him. And if he still doesn't give, they, they could actually go now take money from his, from his possession. But that's not a mashkin. They're not allowed to take a mashkin. They're allowed to actually take payment. Um, so many, many uh, a want to say the same thing should apply over here. If we learn, it's based on the hakir we asked last week, are you working as as Shliach Bezdin, or is it a new din of like Betzedek, Tishbar, Amisech, you have your own din of judging, and it's better than Bezdin perhaps, but but if I'm working as a Shliach Bezdin, so then I'm not taking a mashkin, I'm taking payment, so perhaps that would be better than uh, than just taking a mashkin. Okay, so on one hand, we have those Rishonim, the Mordechai, Rabbeinu Tam, based on the Gemara and Brachas we spoke about last week, that only allow... To t- you only got to take a dove from a suim, a specific object, the car, the hammer, the snowblower. That's on one extreme. On the other extreme, well, hey, we have sheet, we have sheetas, we'll see the rivash and others, that as long as it's not a mashkin, you could, uh, you'd be able to take it back. And there were sheetas that we had in between, depending on, do you have a raya? Only if you have a raya brewer. That would be, what does have to be a dove from a suim, as long as you have a raya brewer that it's yours, that would be allowed. So, so there's never a demand. Didn't we learn that there's no demand for it to be on the tith and sparoi? Doesn't doesn't there have to at least be a demand for it? He has to send an yeah, invoice. Someone has to say you owe me the money. Let's say whatever. <coughs> oh, what she say? Oh, the person supposed to voluntarily pay you before you're asking him for the money? Is there always a demand first? And you say once there's a demand, it's a halva. Once there's an outstanding balance, it's a halva. Yeah. So isn't that a demand? It's not a writing. It calls it. Hey, pay me for my day's work. So now is that is that is that become a halva? Uh, depending on how he says it, it might be. Uh, once it's outstanding, it might become a halva. Yeah. So you're saying the case is not so negative. So the case would have to be where you know he's not paying. He owes you money. You never sent the invoice. Somebody would never ask them for it. Meaning, the only he know, he owes gets triggered. The only gets triggered when he asks. No? That that that's a technical din. That there's no, but he still owes him the money. Meaning, let's say you hire someone to fix your garage, okay? We made a deal, made a price. It's 500 bucks to fix the garage, okay? Day passes, two days pass, he doesn't send me an invoice. Do I owe him the money? 100% owe him the money. Now, there's no isser, you know, of, of, uh, we could talk about that, we'll learn that in Mertz Hashem so, so the proper time. Even though I'm, I'm saying I <laughs> asked him for the money, I don't know if I 
So you're saying the Derech HaCheres, and you're allowed to do that. You have, you have you're saying an invoice. Even if you could take in the Bezdin, typically, so we're talking a case, the guy went bankrupt, he's done. He, he, he's gone, he fled to uh, Mexico, we're never seeing him again. But gradually, he left his tools in my garage. Uh, he fixed my garage, he left his stuff here, he left his computer, he left his car, whatever it is. I could take it. But once I sent him an invoice... Or without be well, well that, I'm sorry, it's the wrong case. He's the he's the he's the one that's sending the invoice. But once he sent me an invoice, so then in that case, uh, even though it was a damage, it was a theft, whatever the issue was that originated this chiv, now you're making it into a loan. Now to take payment, there seems to be strong reasons based on how Bezin works. You could take payment, but to take a mashkin, that would be usher. Okay, so let's just go back quickly to the to the to the Turo case. Butter across the board because that's a different Masuyim. Again, you have to know that he has to be able to prove in Bezin that it's his, or at least have a Migu in Bezin that it's his. That's what we Paskin, and that Lachara would be simple. He has paperwork, it, it, the, there's a VIN number on the car. It wouldn't be too complicated to prove with his, um, with his uh, bills and the VIN number that this is, his, this is his car, and he should be able to get it back as well. Okay. <coughs> there's a question, Halacha, regarding can I use. The services of someone else. Can I can can I ask someone else to take back uh, to t- to take matters into their own hands on my behalf? So the the poskim in Shulchan Aruch here don't, don't discuss this halacha regarding asking another Yisrael. What they do discuss is asking a nachri. The Ramah quotes the Trumas Adeshen that says a person cannot do it aliyde nachri. You would not be allowed to ask a nachri. Uh, your hitmen or the like to take to help you get this back. One should not do that. That's the psak of the Trumas Adeshin, and this is how the Ramah quotes it. There's a, um, the, the Rav Moshe Feinstein and some of the Achorinim do argue on the Ramah and they how, how that there are times when a person could do it. An example of this would be going to Archais, going to court. So we're going to learn, we'll spend some time, there's a simon in Shochnarach. Uh, a little bit further in Hilchas Dayanim regarding the Isser of going to Arkais, Lefneim, Lefnei Nachrim. And we'll get to that at length, the Isser when, when it's allowed and when it's an Isser Deraisa. So, Pasha should be Elser. There should be no Heter to go to Arkais. You know, you didn't go through a Bezdin, you went yourself to court. But there are, this is against the Ramah, Ramayish and others, that they do allow in certain circumstances. Maybe we'll give some examples when we get to Arkais where a person knows there's no way to get this back, there's no way to to um, to go through a Bezdin to be able to uh, adjudicate this case, there would be some times where a person would be allowed to go through a Nachri to be able to get it. An example, a very interesting example, which L'chaira would be an issue of going through a Nachri, according to the Ramah at least, is the question of canceling your credit card charge. So let's say you uh, went to a restaurant, <laughs> and this happens very often. You did Uber Eats or you did a pickup, drive to the restaurant, you pick it up on the way to the airport. Hours later, you're open your, your food and you're missing something. You're missing a burger, you're missing your, uh, your sandwich, and you don't have time to, to call them and handle with them. You sent them a, a text or an email, hi, I'm missing something, can you please uh, refund my credit card? No answer. Call, this, that. It's taking days. You're not getting anywhere with this that you didn't get it. Now, to go to a Bezdin, which L'chaira, a person is able to, and you're not going to lose any money, so at least that would be considered Derech right? But you know this person's not going to show up to Bezdin, and 
I can't really prove that I didn't get this sandwich. I only got four sandwiches, not five sandwiches. So really, a person should be allowed to take matters into their own hands, right? Now, it depends. If you go with the Mordechai and the Rabbeinu Tam, there's no chavitz mesuyim here. What's, what do they steal? They stole money from you. They didn't steal any, any uh, a car, so that's out. But we don't pass like that. We pass in according to Ramah, as long as there's no mashkoin and halva business, there's no iser, then a person is allowed to take the law into his own hands if he's confident that he's right, or he knows he's right, and either he could prove it in Bezdin, or he can have a migu to prove it in Bezdin, he'd be allowed to do that. So l'chayra, he'd be allowed to uh, dispute the credit card charge. On the other hand, the Ramah would be machin because you're using a nachri. You're asking a nachri to do that for you. You're calling Visa, American Express, and telling them to now be toifus $18 from your missing sandwich. So you're asking a nachri to extract it from from the restaurant. So there's a have to be just mentioned, perhaps based on Rav Moshe, that in, 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 you know, when you're stuck, so the same way to be allowed to go to Arkais in certain situations when Bezdin will, will not be able to help you. So it could be, in this case, there is no other Why recourse. Why oh, so that's the hector I think everyone's relying on. It's built in. So let's explain what's built in. When, when the uh, when you have the agreement between the merchant, the, uh, the the restaurant, and the and the credit card company. So when they sign that agreement that we're accepting credit cards. So in there somewhere, the credit card either they tell them or everybody knows. I'm sure it's in there in the contract somewhere that when disputes come up, arise, we at the credit card company. We give the customer the um, the benefit of the doubt, typically, unless they have a bad history, and it goes on your record in, in that credit card system of how many uh, disputed charges you have. So we will take back the money, and then you have to fight with us. <coughs> so what ends up happening is that you're not really using the guy to take your money back. The, the guy has the right beforehand to take that money back. It's not that I'm getting involved. It's Adaskane, you would say. Maybe it's Tanai. Some type of lambda based on that. And that's why that's what people are relying on. Uh, I, I would say that the transaction is not over until it's over. Meaning, meaning because, because it's a credit card, it's not a, it's not a cash purchase. That's if they already deposited it. You, you're disputing it weeks later. Or pulled back. They, they'll, they'll take it back. back. Yeah. I said people here, a company is not a, it's not a nachri. A company is a company, you know. It's a Messias. Different Messias. Maybe we, we'll have to have a share on that. Our corporations uh, consider no entity there. Not so simple. <coughs> Just if one. It's Israeli, if it's an Israeli company and a South consumer, I think it would make a big difference. I don't know, but at the end of the day, if you have, if you have, um, if you have this, this was built into the system, so. Um, Rabbi Reisman had this the other day. I don't think everyone agrees to him, but I think it's an interesting thing to think about. Let's say he was talking about Maisik Safim, or, or someone made a nether litzedakah. So this is, this is a story that happened, and I'll use it as an introduction just to bias you a little bit. A little bit. Maybe it'll help uh, his psaq. So someone calls the shul. He knows that someone's making a simcha uh, uh, in town, and he wants to give $5,000 for the simcha. So he calls the Rav, or the Gabay, president of the shul, he says, I want to give you $5,000. I don't have any cash on me. I'm running out uh, to Florida. Do you have money in the fund? Yeah, we have $5,000. Okay, so pay and I'll pay the shul. He gives $5,000 to the Baal Simcha. Then the next day, they see a credit card uh, donation to 
the kahal for five thousand dollars only 48 uh, 12 comes in whatever the percentage is and that's it so the shul laid out five grand and they were reimbursed forty eight hundred dollars where's the where's the missing percentage okay the credit card company took it so question is did he just steal money from tzedakah now i don't want to call it stealing money is, are you yoytsu your net you in a net that he give five thousand dollars to tzedakah he didn't give it or what about my six of him? You 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 earned a hundred thousand dollars on a deal. You want to give ten thousand dollars? You pay by card. It's not the full money. It's not the full money. Someone someone pledged eighteen thousand dollars for simplest Tyra. Or a hundred dollars, even a hundred dollars. Only give ninety nine or ninety eight. Right? Every time, every time you. That was his haara. His <laughs> island by this year was not very happy with this. They were uh, fighting back. Um, we could debate now. In this case. You, you, you know in advance that the shul gave $5,000 cash. How, how could he do that? That I think everyone would agree, so it's not, it's not, a, it's not a fair case. When someone uh, prom- pledges a donation, it could be that it's Aldaskane. Everyone knows that they take credit card, and this is the way, uh, this is the way donations work. Perhaps even by a pledge, a person would be Yitz's pledge through, um, through a credit card, because when he pledged originally, he always planned on using a credit card, so perhaps that would be a limitschos. The question is, what about my sixafim? Or let's say you use a DAF, a donor advised fund, which for you is free. They don't charge you any, any percentage points, but they charge the, the charity two or three percent. That's how they make their money. So by using that, you're, you're, you're taking away money that would be given to tzedakah. Now, if it's a stama donation, someone sends you a, a link, and you, you give $18, okay, you gave $16, or whatever the, the number comes out to. So big deal. But if I have to give my success, and why I made a net there, a pledge to give, so it's not so simple to say, I'll just use a credit card, I'll just use a DAF, and uh, I'm yoytza dollar for dollar. So again, the Olam did not, uh, <coughs> didn't necessarily agree to what he was saying, and he uh, left it as a ha'ara at the very least. He did say, if you're only using the credit card, not because you have any cash flow issues, but you want the extra points, so just think about it. You're charging the, the, the tzedakah is losing 3.5%, so you could get back 1% on points. So he thought that was wrong. Now, if you need it for cash flow or other reasons why you need to use a credit card in a Hanami, but if someone's just doing it for the points... The, the collector, you know, let's say you know the collector's taking a percent. So that was what everybody asked. What do I mean? Every fundraiser is taking, uh, taking a percentage. Yeah, and you know that, so you, you, you have the same problem. So why don't we say that's, that's part of the overhead of the, of the school? The school has an overhead of, of also well, paying... So that would be the overhead sold to the credit card. Uh, that would be the, their overhead. I, I hear. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Otherwise, they're going to have to have someone else processing, taking a check, bringing it to the bank. It may cost them even more to, to, to have a, a... If they got a check, for instance, or even cash, they still have to deposit it. <laughs> yeah, I hear. I hear. Yeah, it could be that's just it's just a, a fee of doing of doing uh, transactions. So I would just you know just thinking about because we're talking about credit cards, how how, uh, how people perceive it. So it could be that's part of the transaction. You take credit card at your restaurant. It's, it helps you helps you run your business because most people don't have cash on them. But you you are obviously uh, taking that risk that I might be uh, of an industry in the machine. Now it doesn't give the person an allowance to do it unless he knows clearly he's right. He knows he ordered. You know, this sandwich that was not in the order, right? But he has to use Mesopic. I don't know. Maybe I left it in the Uber. Maybe I left it at security. He can't, he can't go now and cancel the credit card. That would be Geneva. You're taking money away from a Yid. Even if it was with Nachar, you can't do that. You can't just cancel credit card charges because you're in the mood. It has to be that you know for sure that there was a Mecca Toysir or they, they shorted you on the order. It has to be clear in that case. Uh, 
Okay. Now, what about asking a yid? You have your friend who's a big fellow. He's a strong guy. Can I ask him to take matters into his own hands for me? So one could be medayik that the whole discussion is regarding a nachri. So by Yisrael, it should be mutter. And pashas, it would be mutter. The, the challenge is a few things. Number one, th- th- this is only mutter when you know for sure that it's, uh, that it's the, the, the din is with you. However, how are you going to convince the shliach the din is with you? Especially when it comes to Geneva. If you go to someone and tell him, you know, Reuven stole $1,000 from me, that person's not allowed to believe you. It's Lashon Hara. You're, he's not a dayan. He's not, uh, you don't have two aidim. Even if one aid comes to Bezin, the Gemara tells us that's, that's Lashon Hara. So, now, he, there are times he could tell you this Latayelis, but even Latayelis doesn't mean you're allowed to believe him. It just means you'll be cautious whenever you, he's, you're about to do a deal with this fellow. So it's very rare to find a case that when you're using someone else's services and he's getting it back for you and he, he knows for sure what happened. Additionally, maybe this is a special din of, of, that we allow, we grant the person the right to take matters into his own hands. Who says you can send a shliach? So although in halacha there would be room for a person to be able to use the Yisrael based on the diak from a nachri, I'll be passionate, it just it doesn't fit, it just, not too practical when exactly you'd be allowed to uh, ask a year to, to take matters into his own hands for you. The one exception, which we'll spend some time on next week, is the din of of uh, of If someone else sees Ruvain stealing from Shimon, before he steals, he has a din. He has a mitzvah. And in fact, a person's allowed to hit his friend, now you have to do it not because you're upset at him, you have to do it but that only applies beforehand, it doesn't help afterwards you're not, you can't punish you're not, you're not doing unshin of uh, Malkus, no one asked you to do that it's when you know he's going to stop, if I, if I hit him don't do this at home, but if you know it's going to work, so we would invoke and you're allowed to hit the person but that's only before. He's about to steal. He's about to do a crime. Then I have the head to do it. But otherwise, I would not be able to. Just to go back to the, uh, the mikvah attendant, Shiloh, which you mentioned earlier. <coughs> a similar Shiloh I saw in one of the, one of the uh, journals is you had, a, um, you had a caterer or a, um, you had a store owner. You order something. You go to the takeout. You place your order. And your order is, they don't have, they don't have uh, donuts or something that you ordered. And they're not giving you money back. I don't know why. They're being uh, obnoxious. Can I just take, take uh, something else? I'll just take apples, right? So the case of the, the, the mikvah attendant, there's no halva there. They owe her money, and she's taking cash. So according to the Ramah, the way that it seems that the Ramah paskins, it'll be mutter. She's taking cash. She's going home with it, and that'll be fine. If she sent an invoice, then you get into the question of, is it considered a mashkin here? It's not a mashkin. I'm taking cash. And if Bezin would be able to do it, if... There was no other recourse. There's no other way of getting the money back. Bezin would take the money. So I'm allowed to also take the money. And I think that's how they pass in there to Israel. Now she asked Bediev, she already took it. So it was a different Shiloh. There, yeah, she could keep it. She's the Muxik here. She has a Migu. How do you know I took it anyways? There's no, there's no, uh, no one's taking her to Bezin because she took it. So that would be, that would be Mutter. As far as the Chenveni, so if you sent, if you're taking uh, the other fruit as a Mashkoin, so then. It depends. If you already sent the invoice, you owe me this. You probably didn't. You just probably said, hey, where's, where's my donuts? Where's my order? So in that case, you would be allowed to take a mashkin in that case because it's not a halva at that point. And then take him to Bezin and he would have to uh, 
to fork fork over the cash. Okay, Smith Hashem, next week we'll close, uh, we'll do a few more uh, loose ends on the sugya, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll complete uh, Simon Dal of Ezra Hashem. My mutas, you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did it tear it? I'm blown away. You think all these guys 